Diary of a Wimpy Kid The Ugly Truth Monday Unfortunately, Mum and Dad got home before Roderick did yesterday and Grandpa went back to his condo which is a shame because I was really keeping my fingers crossed on that S thing. Mum said that she and Dad did a lot of talking over the weekend and they agreed that things have started to slip around the house ever since she started going back to school. I figured Mum was going to chew us guys out for not doing our share. But she actually said she was going to hire someone to help with the cleaning. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The words Mum used were domestic help. But I knew that was just a code word for maid. I guess Mum was pretty embarrassed about having to hire someone to help out with the household chores because she asked us all not to mention it to anyone. Well, I'm sorry, but opportunities like this don't come around too often for me. So it was a little hard to keep quiet at school. Chira Gupta said his family doesn't need a maid and that he was glad his mum is there when he comes home from school every day. But I'm sure that's what all the non-maid people say to make themselves feel better. Tomorrow is our maid Isabella's first day. I thought that meant we could all kick back and be a little extra sloppy since someone would be picking up after us. But Mum made everyone clean the house. She said she didn't want Isabella thinking we live in a pigsty. Tuesday Today, when I got home from school, Isabella was in the family room watching a talk show. I guess I can't really blame her for loafing around since we had done all the cleaning for her. But she stayed for about two hours and totally hacked the TV. Tonight, when Mum got home after her classes, she was amazed at how spotless the house was. I don't think she remembered that we were the ones who did all the work. But she seemed happy, so I didn't want to spoil it for her. I wasn't as happy as Mum. Last night I left Isabella a note asking her to take care of my laundry. I wasn't sure if she would take orders from a kid. So I made the note look like it was from Mum. 
I am technically supposed to do my own laundry. But I didn't want Mum to find out I was asking Isabella to do it for me. So I put this line at the bottom. P.S. Now that you've read my note, you should just throw it out. Then I put the note on top of the bag and left it where Isabella would see it. I was expecting to come home and find all my laundry in a neat folded pile on my bed. But instead, I got a note back from Isabella. Luckily, I got home before Mum did, or she would have found it. The whole situation really stunk, because then I had to haul my own laundry bag all the way back upstairs. And let me tell you, it was a lot harder going up than coming down. Isabella doesn't come back until Thursday, so I guess I'll have to wait until then to take another crack at it. This is actually pretty exciting for me, because I've never had anyone I could farm my work out to. Roderick is always tricking me into doing stuff for him. He'll start by asking me to do something. And I always say no. But then he starts counting down from ten. And I don't know why, but that gets to me every time. I found out that kind of thing doesn't work on adults, though. Last week, I tried to get Dad to fetch the TV remote because I'd left it on the kitchen table. But he didn't even move a muscle. Anyway, I'm hoping Isabella comes through for me on Thursday. I've been wearing the same socks for a few days now and they're starting to feel a bit like cardboard. Thursday. Okay, now this is starting to get a little ridiculous. Last night, I dragged my laundry back downstairs and left another note for Isabella. But instead of clean laundry, I just got another note back. Her note asked for clarification. Now, I get Isabella's act. She's going to keep dragging this out forever. On the one hand, I kind of have to respect her skill at avoiding work. But on the other hand, I really do need some clean underwear soon. And what really stinks is that Isabella has been eating our junk food. I went to get some pretzels out of the pantry tonight and the bag was practically empty. I noticed the potato chips were gone too and believe it or not, Isabella left a note in the pantry to complain about our snack selection. Well, to be completely honest, the potato chips that she ate were barbecue, but she just didn't know it. You see, Manny licks the flavouring off the barbecue chips 
and then puts the chips back in the bag. Unfortunately, I had to learn that the hard way. Mum went straight out and bought a bunch of snacks just for Isabella and put them in the pantry. And the rest of us aren't allowed to touch them. Monday. Today, at school, they announced that they're going to have a special fundraiser for the music program called Lock-In. From what I can tell, it's sort of like a big boy-girl slumber party. So you can definitely count me in. The only thing that bothered me was the chaperone part. So I cut that out before I showed it to Mum. Tuesday. All right, I've had it with our maid. I gave her one more shot at doing my laundry. And she weaseled out of it again. So that's it. I officially give up. Since we always clean the house before Isabella comes, I'm pretty sure the only work she really does is writing these notes to me. And it gets worse. When I got into bed tonight, I felt something at the bottom of my sheets, so I reached down and found what I think was a pantyhose sock. That means Isabella has been taking naps in my bed. I went straight into Mum's room and told her that I think she made a big mistake hiring Isabella and that she should let her go. Mum didn't want to hear it. She said that the house had been immaculate ever since we hired her and that everyone should be grateful for the work. So Isabella's got Mum totally fooled. All I can say is, if being a maid means watching TV all day, eating snacks and taking naps in a bed, then I guess I've finally found a career I can get excited about. November. Saturday. Dad dropped me off at school at 8 last night for the lock-in. And the second I walked through the door, I knew I had made a huge mistake. It was like 90% boys and 10% girls. And even worse, Rowley was there. I turned to leave, but one of the chaperones had already locked the door. So I was stuck there for one night with everyone. I'm guessing most of the girls in my class decided not to go to the lock-in and the ones who did show up just didn't get the word in time. I decided I was going to have to make the most of it and I walked into the auditorium where everyone else was taking their stuff. The first thing I noticed was that there was at least one adult for every kid which is not really a great recipe for wild times. Most of the chaperones were parents, but a few of them were teachers, and something tells me the teachers were only there because they didn't have a choice. 
I plopped my stuff down on the stage where all the other kids were. Then I noticed that Rowley was there. So I moved my stuff to the other side of the stage. I think most of the kids had already written off the night because just about everyone was playing with whatever electronic gadget they brought with them. I didn't even think of bringing my video games and I didn't have a magazine or anything to entertain myself so I just asked one of the grown-ups what I could do. Mrs Barnum told me that there was an activity centre in the corner for anyone who needed to take a fun break during the night. But all of the activities were little kid stuff. I decided to just sit on my sleeping bag with my hands folded on my lap and wait. At nine, the adults said it was time for party games but nobody heard them because everyone had headphones on. Mr. Tanner said people needed to be social, so he confiscated all the mobile phones, music players and whatever else the kids had and put them in a garbage bag. Then we all sat in a circle in the middle of the auditorium. Mrs. Carr said we were going to play some icebreakers that would help us get to know each other a little better. But the truth is, all of us kids know one another really well because we've been together since preschool. In fact, I think we know each other too well. Mrs. Carr said we were going to start with something called the name game where everyone goes around and gives themselves a nickname that starts with the same letter as their first name, like Sporty Seth or Funny Fred or something like that. The idea was that your nickname would say something about your personality. Rowley went first. Respectful Rowley. It was really stressful trying to come up with a cool sounding nickname. And my turn was coming up quick. I finally settled on Great Greg, which I knew was a little lame. But it was hard to think of a decent nickname that starts with the letter G. I guess the kid to my right, George Fleer, was having the same problem as me. Great George, he said quietly. I couldn't use the same word as George, or people would think I was copying him. So I sat there for a while, trying to think of another good G word. But everyone was staring at me and my mind just went blank. Then Mrs. Libby chimed in to try to bail me out. Jolly Greg, she said. Everyone seemed pretty happy with that, even though Jolly doesn't start with the letter G. And it makes you wonder about our education system especially since Mrs. Libby is the 8th grade honours English teacher. I thought Jolly Greg was a terrible nickname, but before I could come up with something better, the person to my left went, and then it was too late.